This is a special edition of the Law Enforcement Today show, broadcasting from Washington, D.C. at the Federation for American Immigration Reform's annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. I'm one of about 70 radio shows here, and we're doing it from the top floor overlooking the U.S. Capitol building outdoors, so you hear background noise, you hear traffic noise, you hear lots of people in the background, and we are here talking about the American immigration crisis, the border crisis, how people are impacted by it, so enjoy the special episode of the Law Enforcement Today show. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show, very special edition, coming to you from the Federation for American Immigration Reform's annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. We are broadcasting from 400 East Capitol Street in Washington, D.C., top floor, overlooking the United States Capitol Building. We are outdoors. It's very cool. Got a very special guest with me, Sheriff Kieran Donahue from Idaho. And by the way, I saw him on the news this morning, and I told my wife who was half asleep, and I said, hey, I'm interviewing that guy. He's apparently famous. Uh, later on today, she muttered some obscenity and want to go back to sleep. So, pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really really an honor. And, and thanks for your service. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. And before we do that, Kieran Donahue is obviously a very Irish name. And I've met one of the Kieran in my lifetime, and we talked about this before. And in Irish, Kieran stands for a little dark one. And he said, I meet him in Ireland. I've been in Ireland once. I want to go back. I can't. As a matter of fact, I applied for dual citizenship two years ago, and it still is not being processed. And one year was shut down due to COVID. And the reason I'm bringing this, Ireland is, a lot of people call it a socialist t- country. The immigration laws are ironclad there. However, in the United States, which is a democratic republic, we have issue after issue after issue, especially when it comes to the southern border. And the latest issue, which I take great exception to, is the news media and politicians created the issue in Del Rio, Texas. And then they turn around and blame the Border Patrol based off of lies. The whipping never occurred. These men and women are giving everything they have to do the right thing to help these people and to help our country. And they are persecuted and lied about by politicians. And I won't forgive them for that for a very long time. No, I, I well stated. Uh, that's exactly what's happened and it's what's happening. And it's, it's just catastrophic down there. I was down in Texas last week on the border uh, before coming back to Idaho and, and doing that segment you saw on Fox this morning and came out to D.C. This is uh, unprecedented, obviously, even for people like me who are down on the border quite frequently, working with my colleagues down there. And uh, it's, uh, it's disheartening. It's frustrating. It's maddening. And uh, it's despicable. It's embarrassing. I can go on and on, right? Yeah. It's just uh, unbelievable what we're facing, and the good men and women who are who are trying to fight this fight. We're really out on the edge right now. We're kind of on that tipping point, and we're going to stand our ground. We're going to we're going to stand stand our watch, as you know, 
we're not going to give up, but what are we going to have left when this thing's over? That's what we're concerned about. And, and you know, obviously I'm from Idaho. We're sitting in D.C. today, but the problems at that border affects every single border, every single state, rather, and every state is a border state at this point in in, in time. And all the things that come through that border land in, in this jurisdiction, land in my jurisdiction, and throughout every state in the United States. I'm glad you brought that up because being in Idaho, you don't think of the, the, the southern border, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. That's what you think of. And you think, oh, it's a long ways away. Not my backyard. From what the news reports and from what everybody I talk to, this is an issue that has a direct impact on your local community even as far away as that is from the southern border and i imagine it's thousands of miles oh it's it's it absolutely yeah it's 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 nearly you know nearly 2000 miles up but uh, quite frankly everything that comes out of that border lands in my jurisdiction like many other jurisdictions we we are considered a corridor to the valley that I live in, the Treasure Valley, which is right next door to Boise, which is part of Boise, actually Boise, Idaho. I'm the neighboring county. We've been a depository for years by the cartels and the cartel dope, and methamphetamine's been king for forever in our area. But now with the introduction of fentanyl, it's become so much more widespread, and the oversupply is amazing. You know, they're pushing dope out on the streets right now in Idaho, uh, not even not even charging on some of that dope just to build a consumer base, and they're getting their consumer base built. But there's so many inroads into the into that area into idaho we're not just a depository we're now a, a distributorship as well so the dope that comes from the southern border we've tracked it we've i've actually taken film crews down there we've seen how that moves into our area and then how it's dispersed out of our area and that's tracked through Haida, high intensity drug trafficking area which we're a part of with oregon the oregon idaho Haida. uh you you just it's every state is like this people don't understand that every community in the united states has a cartel presence has a cartel network in that in that community every county no one's untouched the money is too great this is over a 50 billion dollar industry a year annually to the cartels they're not going to give up that money and so people have to understand that the human smuggling the sex trafficking the drug trafficking they're all intertwined with the cartels and nothing comes across that border without the permission of the cartels or a fee associated with it and you being an elected sheriff uh, the big difference is and i'm not saying it's a negative i come from a police department and the police commissioner was chosen at the discretion of the mayor and they give their wall their, their their marching orders by the mayor and part of the executive branch of government. The same holds true for most state, state police and counties and everything else. And federal government is part of the executive branch of the government, most of these agencies. So they get their marching orders from on high. They have the mayors to serve, and they're very politically motivated. The sheriff has the community who elected them as their boss. And if they are not responsive to the community, they're not going to retain their position in office. So in a way, it's the last truest form of American independent law enforcement because you're not answering to another executive. You're answering to the people who put you in office. If you did the things that Congress does, you'd be voted out next election, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, they get reelected term after term after term. And, and it's not just Congress. It's also state level. I don't know how Idaho is, but other parts of the United States, it's the same thing. People who are constantly don't do their job, who create problems. People die from these problems. Families are negatively impacted by these problems. And they're reelected. I, and I don't know how to get the message to the people to wake them up. I think what we're doing today, what we're doing... Uh 
through through this event here in Washington D.C. I think it's critical the the radio shows like yourself. And by the way, thank you for your service as a, as an officer. I, I failed to mention that earlier. Uh, but th- we're doing what we can, you know, by getting out and talking to our literally our congressmen. And th- during this week, I had good meetings with my senators. Uh, they hold some powerful positions, but it's not enough. We need every single citizen out there in our jurisdictions doing the same thing. Now they can't all come to Washington D.C. We know that, but they can pick up a phone. They can get on the, the their website. They can get on the email, and they can say, "Look, something has to change, and we have to have movement." But not just at the national level, but the state level as well. Those governors and those legislators also can pick up the same phone and, and get on the same emails and reach out to Congress and to their senators, and if nothing else, show law enforcement you're behind them. Because, quite frankly, it's a pretty lonely island out there right now, as you well know. And we're not winning this battle. We, we are not winning the battle right now. One of now. the things that people can do, and I, I tell people, don't underestimate social media. Right. So if you see a post, for example, your agency posts something that great that your law enforcement officers do, your road patrol, whatever it might be, share it mm-hmm. with someone else. And if you need a good place to share stuff, go to the Law Enforcement Radio Show page and share stuff you see on there. That's a great way. There's like 2.8 billion people on Facebook alone right now. So don't underestimate that. And and don't let the people who scream all the stuff that makes no sense be the overriding voice. Or be the only voice, right? And that's unfortunately what happens. Mm -hmm. One of the things I tell people at the time is, and I've been thanked for my service more since I retired. I retired a long time ago than I ever did when I was on the job. And and I appreciate that very much. But one thing that you can wave. At yes. law enforcement and use all four fingers don't yeah. <laughs> just a, a nod of the head and say thank you yeah. you don't have to like everything to do yeah. I'm not telling you I was a saint every moment of every day I had bad moments sure. but you had a squad around you that that, that kind of reined you in and, and made sure and you got talked to and you had sergeants and all that stuff that that made sure you learned how to do the job right and I was very lucky I was trained by primarily Vietnam veterans, combat veterans, and we had a few commanders, captains above, that were Korean War veterans. And I'm telling you, this term we talk about now, community policing, was what we did every day. We didn't know different. There wasn't like some other super secret policing that we didn't hear about or zones and other stuff. We returned our conversation with Sheriff Kieran Donahue from Idaho, an area I know absolutely nothing about except from watching television. And we're going to talk more about the impacts on his community, what he is seeing, and the crime that comes from the illegal immigration, the drug trafficking, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking, and whatnot. This is a whole defeat to the Fire Radio Row event. This is the Law Enforcement Day Show. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Miss an episode of Law Enforcement Today? You don't have to anymore because now you can listen to it on Podopolo, the free new app that makes listening anytime, anywhere so easy. Catch up on shows you've missed and chat with John J. Wiley right there too. Download for free on the Apple or Google Play stores. That's Podopolo. And John J. Wiley wants to hear from you inside Podopolo. Return our conversation with Sheriff Kieran Donahue coming to you from Washington, D.C., overlooking the United States Capitol Building, the eighth floor outdoors of 400 East Capitol Street. This is the 
Federation of American Immigration Forms annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. You traveled a long way to get here. Idaho. All, the only thing I know about Idaho is watching television, like Netflix. And I know Yellowstone's not in Idaho, but it's I'm like, close. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go there someday. But. <laughs> Then I think uh, the winter time. It's too cold. <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful state. I mean, it's so it's so many different aspects of Idaho. It's it's got a lot of geographical differences from top to bottom, and from uh, high mountain desert to subalpine forests, lakes, streams, rivers. There's literally nothing you can't do in that state recreational wise. It's it's beautiful. It's high country though. I mean, where I'm from, I'm, our ranch house sat at six thousand feet. So that's just every day in the beautiful mountains. And as far away as it is, and as idyllic a setting as it sounds like, and I'm sure the vast majority of people are phenomenal mm-hmm. people, you are being impacted by what's happening at the southern border. Absolutely, and we have been for years, and we've we've talked about this for years. How that the the criminality that comes across that border, uh, and, and we've mentioned all those types of things, you know, human trafficking, uh, drug smuggling, etc., happens in my in my jurisdiction and beyond my jurisdiction. But why the reason that's so again is the roadways, the the pattern, the corridor that comes up through there just makes it so easy. And then the cartels like rural areas; they like the the drop houses, the safe houses. So we have a lot of that in that in that type of country, and I. I think we saw that on the uh, the Brett Fox presentation this morning, and the impact on locally though for for us is our criminality is up, our violent crime is up, uh, our seizures are up. Uh, of course, we, we can't we can't have this kind of dope on the street without having seizures up. But one thing that's really telling, and and a lot of people don't realize, is that you don't have to ingest or take fentanyl pills uh, to you know as a to the M30 pills the imitation pills the clandestine lab pills I've got deputies that are getting knocked down just in the jail jail uh, being exposed to fentanyl by inmates bringing the suspects bringing that into the jail or trying to bring it into the jail just in the last three months alone I've had four deputies hospitalized and had to revive them with Narcan at the jail when they went down doing in, intake processing airborne particles they have they got masks and gloves on still got into their eyes or something and uh, the first two two male deputies went down hard got him narcan got him in an ambulance got him to the hospital went down again and then the one deputy had to have an uh, narcan iv drip to save his life about two weeks later two females in in process and a female who had a had some hidden on her and uh, both females went down hospitalized narcan the, the, that's just doing their everyday job in the jail. That's not even on patrol. That's where it's supposed to be safe on the street. That's what, I mean, yeah, occasionally exactly. you miss a gun, you miss right. a, a knife, or, or, yeah. or someone tries to disarm. But generally, it's a safer environment, Yeah, you would think. But that's how dangerous this this this, 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 this substance is. And we didn't have that in my time. We didn't have it when I was working the streets. L- listen, we had... PCP was a big one. Sure. Cocaine was huge. I was a policing in Baltimore when crack came in, okay. and it changed everything. Yeah. Heroin's been a problem since the 70s or sure. 60s. And still, that is. It still is. Mm-hmm. This, this fentanyl thing, this, I, I understand. I was listening to a guy on television the other day, and he talked about his son, and I don't remember the details. Mm-hmm. But he'd gotten clean and sober. He developed an opiate problem. He got clean and sober, and he'd been sober quite a while. And then one day, he decided he... For whatever reason, he wanted to buy some Xanax, and he hooked up with some guy playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be fentanyl, not Xanax, and he took half a pill, and it killed him. Killed him, yeah. And he was 25. And when I'm talking about he was alone, he passed out, and everything shuts down. That's it. You you, you got to get it in within, really, seconds, maybe a minute, or they're gone. And that that's the danger. Right now, you know, DEA came out with their, their analysis on Monday, put out a big thing nationwide. 
you have a 40% plus chance of dying taking one pill. One pill has a 40, 40% chance of being a lethal dose on the streets today, right now. That's by DEA analysis. That was the Monday. And as of Monday, they announced that they've seized 9.5 million pills off the streets that are from illicit um, presses, illegal presses with fentanyl and um, methamphetamine. That's more than the last two years combined on their seizures. 9.5 million pills. Think of that number. And they're putting it in everything. In everything. It's it's the thing. I'm not advocating doing this, but it it is not unheard of for a teenager to just try recreational drug Mm -hmm. use for the first time. Oh, let's try this pill. Let's try this. this. Let's go to a dance party and try this. And if they get the wrong one, they're dead. They're dead. And I'm glad you brought that up because here's the thing. We talked, and we've been talking about it a lot this week, even with our senators and our congressmen. These aren't all drug addicts, no. right? These aren't hard Even criminals. Them, I don't want them. I, to I go don't want that. them. But, but think about those kids, those high school kids, college kids. Doesn't matter who they are, or, or even young adults. They're going out. Hey, you know, I'm going to pop a pill, get high, what have you. Like in the old days, we probably would have drank drank beer or whiskey, yep. right? They they have an over forty percent chance of dying if they take that one pill on one night. That's not. That's and, and insane. Sheriff, the thing is, I don't know of a family that's not been affected. No, extended a family, and anywhere in the United States, they've been affected by this. And here's the thing: I, I'll keep coming back to this, and it's not political. It's coming from Mexico, that's right? And it's coming through the southern border where we have lax problems. And a lot, my fear is a lot of the immigration, the caravans, and the big disruptions we see that tie up resources are distractions. They are. So the cartels can get more product across. No question about it. No question about it. And it, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure this stuff out. And that's, and unfortunately, like I say, not getting too political, but we have an administration that's allowing that to happen. Well, the tone deaf to it. And, and that we can't be any longer because there's so much of this coming across. We've been fighting this war for some time. And, uh, and I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to man our post, but we are not winning the battle down there. Everything comes through. China provides, and Asia, Southeast Asia, provides the precursors for the meth, and they provide the fentanyl. Those clandestine labs are done in South America and in Mexico, but everything, everything has to come through the smuggling routes of Mexico. That's how it's designed. So it comes through the inland, all these established routes, all the established ports of entry, all the established clandestine smuggling routes. Nothing comes really overseas and in, in terms of into our country. It's coming through the southern border. That's by design because right. they, they They've got it so figured out. And these people that are paying to get across, part of their payment is to carry some of that stuff across. That's That's part of their payment. We've been at this for years. We know a little bit about it, right? And this is a very complex, highly structured syndicate, criminal organization that the world's never seen what what they're pulling off. And we can't be tone deaf and we can't be blind to it because it's killing your families. And unfortunately, you talk about killing families. You're have it on. You have the very undesirable term of angel family. Right. Meaning you lost a loved one, a relative, to either criminal act or something of that nature from an illegal immigrant. I know that's part of your mission. In addition to doing what you do law enforcement for your community, mm-hmm. and not just your community, but across the state and across the United States as well, and I thank you for that, you also are on a mission to try to wake people up about that. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we. it was just this summer my a nephew was killed by a, a drunk driver, which doesn't it seems like kind of almost routine in this world today, but it wasn't routine. The driver was driving a semi-tractor trailer, uh, 8.30 at night, had a blood alcohol of over 0.2, illegal alien driving a tra- semi-tractor trailer, ran through him. He had f F-350 pickup truck, which was huge, and he drove right over the top of him, uh, never stopped at the stoplight. Uh, it was a T-intersection, never even slowed down. That man was driving a truck out of Laredo, Texas. 
That man should not be in the United States, has no driver's license. He's, he's here illegally. He's been deported in the past, and he took our family member, 22-year-old young man. And there's really not a whole lot I can say about that because there's, there's no response that's adequate. And I'm always afraid of saying the wrong thing. So quite often, here's where the coward me comes out. I don't say anything at all. And the term, I, I'm sorry, is kind of shallow. It doesn't really fix it. It doesn't change anything. I, I, but I, but it's appreciated. And the, the fact is that you're, you acknowledge it. People acknowledge it. And, and this family, my family, will never be the same because of it. And for me, at law enforcement, your law enforcement prior, you go and talk to a lot of families. But it's, yeah. it's kind of different for me to have to go talk to my own family about it, to be the first I, guy I there to say, I got to claim the body. I got to do all these things so you don't have to. And those questions, and you you, you remember getting these questions. Yeah. Why? Why? I, I don't have an answer for that. Even with my own family I don't have an answer for that and that's haunting and it shouldn't be happening but it's happening every day in the United States when I was a rookie cop I remember an old timer teaching me talking to me saying and I was distraught about something I don't remember what it was he said don't try to make sense out of things that don't make sense you'll drive yourself crazy so you have a website where you do uh, some active act, activist work in regards to that what is the website address uh, well there's the angel families if that you're talking about uh, but our, you might be talking about the other program that that we spoke of off yes. air yeah so it, my wife and I have a foundation called the Man Up Crusade and that's the website uh, Man Up Crusade com, And it's a public awareness campaign on the issue of domestic violence that's also an epidemic in our country. We started 10 years ago. We partnered with professional rodeo. We partnered with professional bull riders. We're 13 states now. We're, we're widespread. And we, we raise money at these events and we raise awareness. And then we give 100% of the funds back to the community, to the domestic violence shelters to help those in need. And very quickly, your website for that is, one more time is? The, the Man Up Crusade. It's making awareness now using purple. So we have purple, just like pink or military night into events throughout the country today. And your agency website? Oh, that is uh, Canyon County Sheriff's Office. That's you'll get. Just look up Canyon County Sheriff's Office in Idaho, and you're gonna you're gonna get to me. Sheriff Donahue, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Thanks for your service. All very much appreciated. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is a nationally syndicated radio show, broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.